So I'm working at the yoga studio when this GQ guy walks in with a three-piece suit and laced-up shoes like he just stepped out of Wall Street. Man, when I pushed through those doors and I saw Tyler standing behind that desk, he was wearing a turban, dhoti, and kurta in the middle of downtown Kelowna. I took one look at this man and my heart blossomed with the possibility that he's here to learn yoga. I took one look at him and thought, why is this white guy dressed as Aladdin? Sure enough, this man in a suit pulls out his business card and wants to make money off me. I had a plan that mutually served us both, and he agreed to meet with me to hear me out. On the condition he take a class. I took that class. I accepted that plan. And we've been arguing ever since. Welcome to our ongoing conversation. In this podcast, Toby and I tackle today's troublesome truths. With the goal of making depth comfortable. Empowering self-growth. We're going to be wrong about some things. And that's okay. We know that. This podcast is about the process of getting closer towards the truth. We're creating a safe environment to discuss things freely with the sole purpose and intent of expanding the way we live. I'm Toby. I'm Tyler. And this is is The the Self. Self. Okay. Today on The Self, we're going to be discussing why is it that when life-altering moments happen, do we feel small? Do we feel vulnerable? Enable to reclaim that confidence in which we once boasted so proudly about, that we once carried like like a shield and a sword and said, give me everything you got, world. So life-altering moments. I think of these as, as a death in the family. It could be a death of a friend, a loss of a friend, a, a serious breakup. That causes huge emotional turmoil and it's that severed relationship that causes such a void in the self what is that what is that and and it's a thought i want to dive into here my belief is that we are continuously expansive and contractive beings because such is the way of the universe it's constantly shrinking and growing and, and stars are stars are exploding and, and then they're forming. There's this constant push and pull of the universe that's guiding us through this expanse that is the expanse. If you take into consideration that we are all made up of the same matter that creates all that is in the universe, so all the atoms, electrons, protons, neutrons, all the stardust, all the matter, all the space, we are all the same, well then we should surely be able to rationalize that anything going on out there in the universe can be going on inside of us at the same time under different or specific circumstances. But if we are all made of the same outside and inside, then both should be able to have the same sort of expansiveness, contractiveness, this forming, this exploding. So we are, we are always exerting or absorbing energy, consuming or expending it. Just like a star gaining mass, we are growing. We are growing beings and we're constantly shedding. 
-hmm. constantly shedding yet constantly growing out with the old out with the dead in with the new now we have certain limitations to just how far we can grow and how physically big and how much physical mass we can obtain yet well i believe that's the smallest part of us the real depth the real core of who we are is our consciousness and that's where that endless potential exists it rests within our consciousness so if we're always expanding and contracting i think it's the same when we become closer to other consciousness when we attach ourselves with another individual and the closer and closer those formations come and that relationship grows when you find someone who's probably at the same level of, of readiness to grow as you are you form quickly you can form hella quickly if you ever been in a relationship that just changes your entire outlook and experience on life yeah we're talking about some serious growth you can go from being that guy who's like yeah I hit the bar every Friday night party it up Jager bombs woo woo and then you know you get into a relationship and you see this happen all the time and, and guys grow up and next thing you know, it, it's nine o'clock bedtimes and reading books. You know, it, it, it happens. And well, if you were to tell that same person in that same state of awareness, hey man, this is what you're gonna be doing in a couple of months, he'll laugh at you. You'll be like, no, there's no way I'd be doing that. But then when they look back at that moment, then they scoffed at it, they say, well, I've grown from there. Okay, what does that mean? I've grown from there. And I think what that is, is when two consciousnesses come together, you morph, you fill a bigger space, you grow into a bigger space, you expand outwards at more alarming rates than perhaps you are, are used to. You know, it's like, um, it's like black holes when they, when they collide with another black hole, it, it's happening fast. You know, and you've got this exponential growth, exponential growth, and then boom, that collides and it's magnetized, huge, massive bursts. This intense amount of mass and space colliding together to form a supermassive black hole, millions of times bigger than it was before. I think that's a similar relationship to, to consciousnesses. When you connect and when you form, it's these two big masses these, these two big spaces coming together and rapidly forming to create a bigger one and so why i believe it hurts or why i believe it feels so empty when you lose that person is because you've gone so much bigger and when you're so much bigger how can you go back to being so small you are so confident in that garden and life is good, man. And it's like every time you, you connect with someone like this or you're in a relationship or it's something to do with your family member, it's like, it's like the, the snake has come into the garden and has convinced you to bite from the tree of forbidden fruit and all of a sudden you realize you're naked. You're, you're empty and you don't know how to get that back. And so what I, what, what I thought is, if you were in that small space, that small level of consciousness, and you were, say, dropped into this larger 
consciousness being and you said, okay, now deal with it, it would shock you. You went from feeling so confident in that world that you were in and then to be dropped in one so much bigger with such a larger state of awareness, you'd go into shock. But when you grow into it, you grow with it and you become larger and you think, well, how could I have ever been so small before? But when that person leaves and you feel that emptiness, well, then the duty then becomes upon you to fill that space again because there's no going back to being that small. You know you can be bigger and you are and so you push to become more. And, and, and that's where I think that need for self-work happens, especially after a breakup or something serious like that where you have to try and rationalize. I need to try and make sense of what I'm feeling right now, what I'm processing. I've just lost a close friend. I don't know how to handle this. This is a new state of awareness, man, and I've just been dropped into it, and I don't know how to deal with this. And the only way forward is to make yourself bigger. Come into yourself. Come into that space. And instead of trying to seek others to fill that empty hole or to seek other distractions to fill the emptiness that has occurred inside there, it's it's you, you got to be it for you. You've got to grow and you've got to put in work because growing is painful. That's why it's called growing pains. And it takes a lot of struggling and strife. But it's worth it because then you're bigger. And when you're big enough, you're gonna find something or someone or some sort of being that's just as big as you and ready to grow bigger. And you wanna be ready for that. Mm-hmm. And that's my thought there. That's a beautiful thought. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, you definitely put it together very nicely. Hmm. Where to approach this? You know, I am in agreement, 100%, I'm in agreement. So the thing with getting into a relationship, um, the self-work, the connecting to the soul, the expanding of our consciousness is never done until that moment of transcendence. Mm. So whatever part I'm at on my journey I'm most likely going to be attracting someone that's at the same level yeah. on their journey. Sometimes we get someone higher, sometimes we get someone lower, and hopefully we have the insight to notice what's going on there. Mm. Because for a relationship to really last, to really be as the potent one that you're talking about, is to be on the same level and grow together. When we grow together, it is exponential growth. We mm. are seeing things change like never before. It's just coming to us, you know, we bounce ideas off each other, like you're saying, feeding energy, taking energy, and there's this mutual agreement between two lovers that we're doing this for each other, consciously or unconsciously. And at that point, that may happen where the breakup comes in, and either the man wants to leave or the woman wants to leave, you have the attachments, the things that have built up as a part of this joined union, this mm. togetherness. And those attachments can feel like what we're standing on. And I think what I learned is it's actually not what we're standing on. It's the stick we use to walk up the mountain. Mm. And it was there to help us. And the relationships are 
always there to teach us a lesson, for us to look at something about ourselves that we weren't able to see on our own. So bringing that second person in allows us to get a wider view on what it is we want to change about ourselves. And the separation happens, the split happens. And like you're saying, you know, I, I took up so much space with another person. I was so expansive. My energy was heightened. I was in love. How do I get back there? You know, we hear of a lot of people that they don't get back there. They might end up in a depression. They might shrink down to their small self and be staying at that. Whereas the opportunity that's there for us is to actually live up to our potential, like you're saying, and know that we felt so big, know that we did have this amount of energy, we did have this discipline, we had this love. And just because I'm not giving my love to that same person doesn't mean I can't give that love to everyone. And Mm. also to myself. Once I start giving that love to myself, I start to really focus on what my targets are. And from that focus of what it is I'm going for, I have my aim. Now I can start to project myself towards it. And once that happens, the the momentum can really take us way beyond where we thought our target was. And that's that ever expanding nature of consciousness. It's going to keep expanding until it works its way home. And the only thing that's hindering it is me my thoughts, my ideas, my Mm. programming, my belief systems. That's the only thing that's slowing down this progression. And these beautiful partners that come into our lives, they flow in, we do all of those beautiful things, all of those not so beautiful things, and hope to move forward in our true path, in what it is we're supposed to get to. You know, a failure is not a time to turn around and start back at the beginning. A failure is a time to go forward. It's a signpost. I failed maybe three, four, five times, and then boom, I persevered. I made it to this place, something that I was looking for, an expectation I had created, a vision that I'm focused in on. And with that, failures on the way, guess what? It starts to build a whole person. Because you look at, why did that hurt me? How did that hurt me? And through the deep work that we're doing here, you start to understand why the energy got stuck and release the energy. And at that Mm. point, I fill myself up. So it comes to a point where I'm actually not needing a partner to fill me up. Those partners that I needed to fill me up, those are karmic partners. They come in because of a karma, an action that I have taken in the past that needs to be either noticed or healed. And once I have removed those karmas or worked through my karmic relationships and I've filled up my heart, then my soulmate comes. Damn. And at that point, we move on together. And that is the true union, the divine union of divine masculine, divine feminine. Two people that have found a way to find balance in themselves. And in that place, you live in love until that moment of transcendence. I want to, like, give you a hug. (laughs) That was beautiful. Come here, buddy. Beautiful. Okay, I've got points there. 
Uh, I've got questions. Yeah, of course. I've got, I've got thoughts on what you've said. Them. Mm. I want to touch on one first. You talked about depression. Mm. You talked about shrinking. It's funny. You've ever, have you ever read Dante's Inferno? I know it's. A I've rad. watched it a couple times. <laughs> All right, that's. It's well, a cartoon movie. Is it? I, yeah. I I don't know the cartoon movie. Okay. I'm I'm talking about ago. Dante's Inferno. Yep. The you know the original. It's not a poem, is it? Well, it's a poem, I guess, in its own way. But all, however many cantos that thing is, it's long. Anyways, um, he describes the nine rings of hell, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller as you go down, and at the bottom. At the lowest level of hell is you know, Lucifer, this fallen angel. Mm. This concept of, you know, whom, you know, if you were to look at Milton, uh, Paradise Lost, he, he refers to Lucifer as God's right-hand man, his, his, his archangel, his, his number one, who fell from the graces of feeling a need for the uh, the divine and said that you know i have all of it within myself i don't need to believe in your divinity and 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 so god cast him out Mm -hmm. and in dante's inferno what i thought was really interesting was that the devil's portrayed as a beast frozen in ice Mm, interesting in the smallest ring of hell he there lies this this winged beast frozen by all the sin and all the layers of hell and when you mentioned that concept of okay of what we're talking about here when you were larger well when you were perhaps the you know the biggest form of which you got to and when you were hurt like that and you shrink in I don't know if you ever shrink, but perhaps, perhaps you get stuck in a place that's too small for you. Mm-hmm. And when you're stuck, over time you freeze and you become trapped. And that's what, you know, this depiction of Lucifer or Satan, whatever you want to call it, this is that depiction of him being trapped in that. And I wonder if that perhaps is the parable draw here of being trapped in within your own personal hell. Mm-hmm. You are trapped at the lowest level of your being, the lowest functioning of, of, of who you are. And there's this giant beast of, of, of which you feel is untainable that has now taken over. And it's frozen in the ice. It's stuck to exist forever in pain mm-hmm. and in suffering. So when you mentioned that, I, I, I wonder if that's what you mean by the smallness of being, of being stuck. Man, that's a very elegant way of saying it. That's for sure. Way to really pull out something special there because it is. It really is. You know, our confinement is things that we attach to things that we don't know how to turn away from things that are unconscious habits or patterns 
And that thing of the ice is so beautiful. You know, I think of like an alcoholic, you know, their ice is that every day after work, they go and pick up a bottle or they pick up a 24 pack and it keeps them stuck in the same pattern. They're not going to look for a new job. They're not going to look for a new place. They're not going to look for a different type of partner. They're not going for change. They are so stuck that in their unconscious being, they've become okay with these negative patterns. And that, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's hell. beautiful. That's yeah, hell. That's living, it is. That's living stuck. And, and that's also where I... You know, I allude to the concept of the garden and of Eden. And, and once you've bitten from that fruit and you mm-hmm. have tasted your own morality, your mortality, you have tasted the knowledge that, that, that hey, hey, like there is hurt and suffering out there. And now they have the knowledge of good and evil. And now you have it. And now you have to contend. And I think it's funny. I think... Think that's what. So when you talk about, you know, Buddha said all life is suffering. All life is suffering. And you're meant to. When I think of this depiction of the Garden of Eden or the, the you know the Great Kingdom of Heaven and you know being stuck in your own personal hell there, and you're somewhere in the middle. Well, what are you doing? What are you doing with that? And you you are this smallness of, of being and you're trying to grow. You're trying to expand. Well, nothing comes of any meaning in life without opposition. And opposition only creates greater force, greater, greater movement, let's call it, or gain. Greater maybe personal gain is the right way of saying that. And when you when you have to strive for it, that is suffering. And, and perhaps that's what he means by all life is suffering. And, and really, all we have to do with our life is contend. You contend against the forces of your own personal hell. Mm. You contend with what your vision is of reaching a, a higher understanding a higher a higher being a kingdom or whatever that is and you contend against the forces that oppose you in getting there whether if it's alcoholism it's with that need that physical response that intensely all brain consuming body consuming response to to, to drink well made now that's your contentment that's what you have to go into the arena and fight with yeah i'm gonna stop it on that beautiful I have more points on your on what you said earlier I got six that I'm just like loving what you had said perfect okay let me get into a little bit about what you're talking about I have two points I'd like to get across then you can come at me with all those okay go with yours so I want to bring everyone's attention to the beginning where you were beautifully showing the contrasts of things the expansion the contraction, mm. stars exploding, stars forming, even God, Satan. So this eating of the tree of knowledge, of the fruit of the tree of knowledge rather, can be seen as 
an opportunity to move from the singularity one consciousness to a duality mm. a dualistic consciousness meaning we start to perceive and understand things by their opposites mm. so we know the star because it exploded we know the explosion because the star was okay and a lot of everything that we live through on this plane of existence is seen in this plane of duality mm -hmm. and yoga is not about flexibility in the body it's about a flexibility in the mind to take the far reaches of those dualities and bring them back into unity yoga meaning mm -hmm. unity bringing it back to singularity rather than duality and we are here and if we were to be actually in the middle that would be the place of understanding of allowing and of actually being in our struggles to find ourselves and to understand our souls we swing from left to right to left to right and as we develop our awareness and we come more towards center the pendulum swings a little less when I was a young kid, I used to tell people I was allergic to vegetables. Just as far to that side as I could. Okay? Seven years ago, I became a vegan. Boom. Swip to the total other side of the pendulum. And, you know, slowly it starts to become somewhere in the center. And that is the middle way. That is a place of peace. That is where... We actually move away from the knowledge and step into the feeling. Mm. And a lot of us want the knowledge. There's something about it. There's something to attain there. And as we've talked about in many other ways, having something to attain is really driving us for a mm. lot of our experience in this world. Okay. Concept two. Part two. Part two. We'll move away it. from that. So... For all of the, for everyone out there, let's not single anybody out here, group consciousness. The, the Baphomet, so an image of Satan or Lucifer, there's this thing called the Baphomet. The Baphomet is a hermaphrodite, so half male, half female, so embodying both sexes with the head of a goat. Now, if you get a decent illustration of this, you may see that the stomach is open and it's only showing three energy plexuses or three chakras. Mm -hmm. So these three chakras that the Baphomet has attained are the navel, the sacral, and the root. All of these three chakras deal with earthly things so the root is about safety and security hmm. the sacral is about sexuality emotion creativity and the navel is maintenance it's your willpower it's your ability to stand firm in your life in your choices so these are all very earthly things so the baphomet the, this personification of the opposite of god is just someone that's so grounded they have lost their connection to that divine spark they have not even gone into the heart space because they're so focused on being safe 
having lots of money, having a big house, having a nice car, mm-hmm. having lots of sexy women, going out and seeing all these beautiful babes in bikinis on boats, and being so strong, so jacked up, so much muscle, so sexy, that they don't got time. They don't got energy for the divine, man. They don't got time for love because they're stuck in those three lower energy centers. And that is where the Baphomet will trap you. Damn. The Baphomet. I can't say I've ever heard of, of this, this. Pull up before. a photo. Take a pull quick up, look we'll at it. Pull, pull up, up a photo. photo. We'll see if we can have that on the screen a here. Baphomet. B-A-P-H. I got a Baphomet right behind <laughs> oh, me. <laughs> snoring up a storm. <laughs> for those who don't know. Oh, but you can kind of see his paw there. We got we got Mango on the floor here. Little baby Mango. She usually goes to the spa while we're recording, but uh, you know we t- we did a few different things today, so she's lounging. She's lounging and snoring up a storm. I can't get it up here right now. We'll put That's it up okay. on later. The Baphomet. So yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of repetition of that concept. Um, I think in, in many different religions and, and cultures, I would, you know, my, my only caution to the other side of that is, is avoiding or, or being wearisome of, of, you know, of placing judgment on, on those who, who don't, you said you don't have the energy, you know, the, the, you know, the muscle beach guys or whatever, they don't have the energy to think about the divine. And I, w- I would only caution about the generalization there. And I guess, What's important to notice, thank you, Toby, is that in this, I'm talking about something, someone being trapped in the three centers, mm-hmm. haven't reached the heart. Yeah. And that happens, that is a primordial response. That is a, a, a journey as old as time. I mm-hmm. mean, acting out of pure base impulse and desire, I mean, absolutely understanding that is 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 the hardest lesson i think that we have to to draw upon ourselves to say well what is what is worth more than what i have mm-hmm. what is beyond what what i am that is i think i think where existentialism would come in what is the meaning behind all of this mm-hmm. and i think that's what and and without knowing the story here of Bath Mat, but perhaps sorry, did I say that right? No, but it's okay. Just <laughs> keep going. Sorry, Bath Mat, the goat. And who here. knows? Maybe even the Lucifer and the Baphomet are not even the same, or they're just friends or something. Who knows? <laughs> All right, we are offending multiple people here. <laughs> any other cultures we want to throw in there? <laughs> well, here's the thing, and and I. It's not about offense, because I'm going to tell you guys all something out there. And for any spiritual people, I hope that this hits for you. If you're only in the upper triangle, and that's meaning the throat chakra, the purification, the teacher's chakra, the voice, the ajna chakra, the third eye, the clear insight, the knowing of what is happening in this world around you, and the sahasrara, the connection to the divine. So if you're stuck in just these three upper chakras, you are unattainable to the average person. Mm. You have no connection to earth, to humanness. You have no understanding of what it takes a human to actually go through day-to-day life. 
And that's why it will always be about balance. It will always be about the connection of all seven mm. and not saying the bottom three are bad and not saying the upper three are the best because they're not. If they're not working in balance, we got serious issues here. It's funny, and I don't know if this is going to take a turn a little bit here, but it seems to me like these concepts we're discussing and talking about I struggle to defer well a lot of what we're taught growing up in Western society as having a higher priority than learning that. I mean, you learn, and I guess it's just the sensitivity towards uh, spiritual teachings of, of, of allowing that free will to to decide you know what it is you want to teach your kids and what you want them to learn and what you want them to know um but i mean we're take take what you believe to be the concept of 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 religious teachings out of it and talk about a human having a spiritual experience because that's what we are or no we're we're, we're spiritual beings having a human experience, really. Some level of common denominated spiritualism, I think, needs to be talked. We're talk we're talking about how do you, as a human, balance all the crap you've got going on inside of yourself to align it with a higher moral reasoning, a higher purpose. A higher passion and direction in life to move forward and then build something with your life you know it's like it's it's like okay it's like skiing this is a loose maybe surfing is a better analogy but let's go over both because they kind of are the same when you're in the flow man you know when you're when you've got your chi you've got your balance you know, whether it's yeah, you've had your, your Timmy's bagel belt in the morning and a nice double double or whatever it is, whatever your morning mix is, and you get on the on the water and or the mountain and the weather is just perfect. The snow is fluffy or the water's calm and you you, you get on and you start riding and you move into your flow. Mm-hmm. And you could be fighting that flow for weeks, man. And, and you're falling left, right, and center. And you can't seem to get in it. But once you get in your rhythm, once you're aligned, once you've got all the things you need to come together, then you can start to create something and do something great and wonderful. And you're like, man, how do I get back into that flow again? And, 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 and athletes talk about this all the time. How do I get back into that that flow, that rhythm, that space of performance. Well, I, I think it's is a similar concept in which once you are in that flow, once you are of balance and, and then all of the pieces you could put together to come together have happened. It's not saying that it's going to happen for you and things are going to come together, but your chances are a hell of a lot higher. Mm-hmm. So when I think about developing people, my my thought here or my opinion here is is that why isn't it that that becomes the focus first and and the knowledge maybe more secondary why is physical knowledge more important than wisdom or at least taught that way (sighs) well that's this is taking a big turn then um why is it 
that way. Well, because a long time ago, there were people that created the education system. And those people that created the education system were not looking for free-thinking, independent scholars. They were looking for... Industry workers. Cogs to fit a machine. And still to this day, we notice that our education system is doing the same thing. That we're not focused on teaching people the practical things they need to live their best life. We're focused on breaking things down to such a small point that everybody has a specialization and unless you have seven people in the room you don't even know what the whole thing is because everyone's (laughs) specialized on such a small part of it they got no clue what the whole picture is and this is a big fundamental issue we see going across almost all cultures especially first world cultures i like that Mm -hmm. man that's a debate and a half in itself but i I still have points from your first yeah. your tangent there that I'm going to go back to. But yeah, that's something. And then I, and I don't know if we have the answers here today in this room to figure that. But I think that's worth chewing on for a little mm-hmm. while. Okay, you mentioned you knew were... So we're going to, to refresh everyone here. We're going, I'm going back to when we were talking about the relationship piece and how... You said you stood upon those things that helped you become bigger and more than what you are. But you weren't, it wasn't exactly, realistically, a standing piece. It was more of a stick to help you carry you up the mountain, a crutch. Mm-hmm. And when that's gone, and when that's gone and it leaves that space, you. Your stick analogy was tied to my, um, you know, expansive space becoming smaller, and 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 what do you take from that? How do you utilize you utilize that stick, as you said, to help you climb back up the mountain? You take that memory and that lesson with you, those things that you've learned, that in, how that individual's helped you grow to get up there, to where you once were, and now you've got to use that to help pull you back up. So why is it that you think that people? Or what is your, no, here's what I'm going to say then. So that to me reminds me of a whole hell of a lot of regret. Hmm, interesting. I'm going to take a, uh, no, I'm going to take that a different. When you say that you've, 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 you've taken the lessons in which you've learned from the mistakes in which you have made, and you are using that to help you climb a mountain in front of you. Not necessarily mistakes, though, but yes, everything else. Okay, yes. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. You can still regret the absence of what that has become. And perhaps I am going to turn it towards mistake. Because even if it's out of your control, you got to take accountability for everything in your life that it is in your control. Or else it's just spiraling chaos that can never be tamed, that can never be groomed or, or become anything substantiated. And that is this dualistic nature uh, that, that lives inside us of this constant need for order and chaos. Okay, so so let's talk about, let's just use the breakup analogy because it's easy for people to connect to. So you're, you're out here in this world, you've got this, you call it the sacral chakra and... You know, I just call it hormones and you're just ready to go and 
you don't know what to do with all this sexual energy and tension build up. So you, you, you meet a partner, you come together, you know, your, your world is chaotic, everything is new and fresh and, and you're still dealing with the chaos that's billowing inside of you through all these hormones or whatever, even whatever stage of you are in your life and you've met somebody and now that's intensifying and you're feeling those desires arise inside of you and you've got this chaos happening, you find the relationship and you work together to establish order. Ah, oh, great. Life is back in order and balance. Well then, series of events unfold in which you are there of a part of, whether or not it's due to action or inaction, even just down to the individual in whom you chose to set that relationship up with, it's still within your control. And therefore, if that falls apart or when that falls apart and you descend back into chaos, everything can be seen as you missing your target. You had aim for what you thought you were reaching and striving towards and you missed your target. You could Maybe you want to call that a mistake and maybe that's a victimized mindset. You can call it a sin. You can call it a sin of missing the target in which you were aiming for, the higher state that you were looking to grow to become. And with that, that mistake, you, you, you internalize that pain because you had the control all along. Because it's only you who can, who can take accountability for where your life is at. And that is the self-restoring order a little bit. Well, what's all this chaos that I've now descended into? What, what's going on here? Well, that's the only way you can, you can fix that is to try and put some order to it. Okay, it's my fault. I will take accountability for where I'm at. But here's where I get confused now with when people say, I, I don't live with any regret. I live with no regrets. I have no regrets. Really? No regrets? No regrets at all. You're just like totally happy that you feel like crap. You're totally happy that you missed your target. You're so pleased that you went through all this hell because now it's allowed you to come out the other side stronger, better, faster, stronger, whatever. Perfect. Okay. I can understand that, but I can't understand you not living with, with any regret. So what is regret? Regret is an intensely powerful feeling that's, that's, that's driven from when your logical mind pairs with your, your sensory, your feeling, your feeling mind, your emotional mind, where your inner emotions were saying, told you so and your logical mind is like oh yeah i get it now like i see that mistake in which i've made and your logical mind is saying well what the hell why didn't you tell me sooner and and the dialect begins between the two of them that is regret is this struggle within yourself of i could have done something or should have done something and now i pay the price and, and i'm feeling that and i'm living in that it's an intensely strong emotion and that's all it really is okay what are other intensely strong emotions there's there's joy you can have an intensely strong amount of joy. Well, what is bliss? Bliss, sure. Well, what is bliss? Bliss is yeah. All this you're doing, woohoo! This is my jam. 
Keep it up. Your logical mind's like, yeah, go kick ass. Okay, I'll keep doing this. Perfect. Your logical mind coming together, that sensory feeling mind saying like, yeah, we're doing this right. Okay, well then what is pain? Pain is, oh, crap. I put my hand on the stove and that thing was on and goddamn it burnt me and it's burning like hell. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take my hand off now because it hurts. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Now you're there and you're in pain and it's thriving in your hand and and maybe you've burnt yourself so badly you're blistering. You are blistering and and there is now opportunity for this to go two ways. It can get better or it can get worse. So who do you have around you? You know, if you've gotten to this point in your life where you don't know that a hot stove is a bad place to put your hand, okay, so you're more likely, most likely to be a child. And if there's no one around to help you take care of that pain properly, it will fester. And that wound, it will fester and it will infect and that will spread to destroy all of you. It will grow. It will grow and it will grow. Say you have someone there to help stop that because you don't know what the hell is going on. It's the first time you're experiencing this. Or maybe you've experienced something like this before, but you're not fully ready on how to take care of that yourself. Okay, so maybe it's someone else who helps you. Maybe it is yourself. And you take that pain and now you go two ways with it. And this is my problem with people when they say, I don't live with regret. You could say, hey man, don't live with pain. You're feeling pain right now. Look, stop living there. I get it. It hurts, but move on. And you can say, okay, I'm not going to take accountability for what just happened here. I've been pained. But you know what? Fine. I'll move on. Everything's fine. If you don't take accountability for all in which that happens to you, how do you learn not to put your hand back on that stove? You need to take accountability. You need to live with that action and understand that that action that you've taken has caused you pain. So no, I I don't think live with it and to define what live with it is to live with something? Is it just to bear it? Is it just to deal with it and move forward? I think one part of that is correct, and that is the ability and requirement to move forward because that is living. That is life. Life is about moving forward and growing from those experiences and doing better from it. So if you are not living with the accountability of that pain, of that lesson of what's trying to teach you are you learning from what you've done wrong can you or should you live with regret i say yes you should live with it i'm not saying be stuck in it i'm not saying live in regrets because if you live in regret you are just constantly living in that pain of that burnt hand and you are just marveling over you're picking at it and guess what you pick at that pain on your hand that burn that scar yeah it's gonna start to get infected and fester and get worse you need to live with that pain and understand yeah next time i'm not gonna put my hand on the stove it wasn't me who turned the stove on but you know what I'm accountable because I put my hand there. 
So I'm going to live with that. That happens. And I'm going to live and I'm going to regret doing that because I'm going to regret the mistakes that I've made that have caused me pain. And I will live simultaneously with it. I will live harmoniously with regret, knowing that next time I won't make that mistake again. That's my thought about the stick, is that you should carry that stick with you always. I haven't thought through always, but I think always. I think that's the message here. Okay. You ready? Hit me. Okay. So, I love at the end how you brought it around. This was very beautiful. So, I burnt my hand. I know now that if I put my hand on the hot stove, the outcome is I am hurt, I'm in pain, I need to fix this or find someone to help me fix it. So once I fix it or someone else fixes it, the pain is gone. So the pain has left. I'm not living with this pain. I have memory mm. of this pain. So I have this memory that I can store inside of myself of this pain in my hand. I do not need to live in this place of pain because when I was in pain, the only thing I could think about was the pain. All of my other faculties were turned way down. Some of them were turned off because all I was dealing with was this pain. So if I live with this pain, I have crippled myself. If I can learn from this pain, if I can store this pain in my memory and be aware of things that are hot and being more cautious, then I have learned to steer myself in a more positive direction away from this pain. Regret, you said, is a very strong feeling. If we have strong feelings all the time, we're probably high. So it's nice to allow some feelings to be less intense and not always so strong like regret. Regret is a very strong feeling. So if I were to live in that strong feeling, I would actually not be fully living. I would be living through the lens of regret. And in that place, I will not reach my full potential. I will reach my regrets potential. If I feel like I need to carry this stick forever, what about that time when I'm swimming through the ocean? The stick is going to slow me down. What about that time when there's so much mud that the stick is getting stuck and I'm having to turn back. It's, it's holding me back. That stick that once helped me to get up that part of the mountain is now holding me back. Should I turn my back and hate the stick? No, I shouldn't hate the stick. I should embrace the knowledge I gained that in certain terrain, the stick helps me. But in this terrain, the stick will not help. So I can consciously, lovingly put the stick down and know maybe this will help someone else when they're in that type of terrain. So when I go through my life and I come back to that terrain, I know the tool that I need is the stick. If I go towards something that is too hot, I know 
that this is too hot. I need to pull back. That's where I see it's not about living with it, not about living in it, but taking our memory and being aware of it. Because if it's not a memory, it's just something I forget about, then I'll most likely repeat it again. Although if I know this, it has become a part of my being and my being will have a better way of getting through obstacles. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. In contrary to what my closing statement was, I couldn't agree more because you were right. I think the, I think the point in which you hit there at the end, in, in which is the key message and driver of of what I, what I was coming around to, was the avoidance of repeating that mistake. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, and we is, don't need to live in it. No. We need to have it as a part of our life. Yes. Our experience. And that's where I think that the the piece here that I feel we're, we're, we're close to, to having in whole is the division of what regret is and that intense feeling. The logical mind coming with the feeling mind. The stick... You're right, you can't physically carry that around with you all the time. But you should carry the knowledge of that stuff. That's right. If I find myself having the same issues as before, I don't need to crawl on my hands and knees up the mountain. I'm going to go grab a stick. I'm going to go grab that damn stick. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, that's, and that is where I feel too. That, I think you're right there. That, that is the whole thought um, there. Because... If you, if you decide though, and coming back to that statement, I, I don't have any regrets. I can't help but think that you should. Yeah, I would say that that's an untrue statement. And you know, the way, the only way to make it more true is to like put it in a past tense. But of course, we may be dealing with regrets in the present. I have lived through regrets. They don't hold me down. They yes. didn't block me. I lived the through answer. them. I lived through these regrets. Yes. So the and when the line comes up, you know, do you have regrets? Yes. And I live through them. That's right. I've had those I regrets. I live beyond them I now. I love them because they've taught me that I can make a better choice. Yes. Yes, that's... Fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck, I think, yeah. fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, that's it. Okay, I told you I had more points. But I think... I mean, I kind of want to tackle this true path and meaning. But I think we're going to put a pin to that. Yeah, what's our time at right now? Where it's an hour. Okay, perfect. And... If you want to hear more of this conversation, make sure to tune into the next podcast because we'll be coming back to these ideas. And this is a constant story between Toby and I. And you guys feel free to send us your responses, your comments through email, through links, whatever it may be. Because let's get deep. Let's Let's keep on taking this to a whole new level so we can start to open up our hearts and start putting it in charge of the mind. Yes, and join in in the conversation. Hey, just like what Tyler and I had there, I mean, we ain't always going to be right in everything that we say. And then I 
hell, I welcome the door. So I welcome you to come through that door of, of, of letting us know, hey, I think you're wrong. That's right. Awesome. That's right. Awesome. Let's Let me talk be about... wrong so I can yes. pick up a new stick. Yes. Let's pick up a new goddamn stick. Let us be wrong. Because what I think we're really just doing is we're, look, we're putting out our bedrock understanding of where we feel we lie from all the the stories and experiences that we've built from upon these experiences man i i welcome everyone to bring their crowbars their their bulldozers and and you pry this open get underneath it and feel free to shed a light on on a different way of looking because that's what this is about this is about a conversation it's not about being right that's correct there's always another perspective always always and so until next time this is toby and tyler tackling today's troublesome truths empowering self-growth and kicking ass (laughs) (laughs) all right everyone good night good night